Hello, welcome to episode 113 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. Welcome. Henny. Yes, Sandy. So, workshop on Saturday. A member, um, you know, shared that she had just recently found your workshop and how fabulous you are because you are, you've got like a wealth of uh, information and just your skill at being able to share that. I mean, nobody's better than you. Why, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that member is someone that I know. So here is how I know that person. Okay, tell me. So back when I first came back to Canada in 2014, and so it was June, I ended up, because of lovely Kelly, being hired with with Weight Watchers, finished my, I had to go somewhere, do my training at the end of August. And then I was given the opportunity just to cover for someone who was on a leave at the Carrot Common, which then became the Danforth location. Right, right. So first workshop I go in there, um, which was, I have to tell you this, uh, because I had a a guide or whatever. The person was like 15 minutes late. I did not know how to set anything up. I didn't have the key. Oh yeah. Yes. Anyway. Oh oh my goodness. That is, oh, I'm so like, uh, my palms are sweating just thinking about it. Like I'm so anxious about this story, Uh about this story, just thinking about it because I'm telling you when I, so when I was first hired by WW, this is a bit of an aside, so, but I want to go back to your story. When I was first hired, they, there was a workshop that needed a coach. And so it was the workshop that was being presented and offered to me. And it was a Thursday evening at what the location that was on the Danforth. And, and so the territory manager was like, how would that work for you? Like timing date, like, is that okay? And, and I literally said, everything sounds fine, but I need a key. Yes. (laughs) Because I like, and I wasn't going to leave that night until I had a key (laughs) in my hot little hand because I was so anxious about that exact thing. Like, like what if I show up and the the person that I'm working with is late or what if that person doesn't show up and then I'm there and I don't have a key and like what's going to happen and like truly it was the only thing I was anxious about the only thing I was worried might happen now of course I should have been you know worried about other things I'm sure but but that was all that I was concerned about (laughs) so hearing this story from you like arriving and not having a key I'm like oh that is my worst nightmare like I could get into the building because it it was a it wasn't owned by WW, but I couldn't get into any of the cabinets with everything. And back then, there was like this whole strategy on how the tables had to be set, where product had to be, where this was, where that was. Like it, and everything was manual, right? Because yeah. it's the way it was. So when the person comes, they're like, oh, blah blah blah. But I'm already like, I'm new to Toronto. This is my first workshop in Toronto yeah that I had done on my own actually that is what it is it was my first workshop on my own even though I had worked for WW in Hong Kong and was doing eight workshops a week and was like all over the island doing all kinds of stuff and had done that for two years 
when I came, the formal training was so different than the training that I had had received. Right. Okay. It was, it was a hundred percent different. So I was like trying to remember, do I did everything in the way it was supposed to? And that the person who I was replacing was super loved. Everyone loved this person. Yeah. Right. So you have all of these things anyway. Of course. So I do it, blah, blah, blah. And at the end I'm like, Oh my goodness. Right. And this, this person comes up to me and she says, um, excuse me. Um, are you Phil Seymour's wife? And I'm like, oh. um, Yes. Yes. It's sort of like those moments when you're like, do I, do I say yes? Because that's the truth. Do I say no? Because uh, I don't know who you are and why are you asking? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And, and this person was older than me and, and I was like, yes, I think it it was so random. Like I've never lived in Toronto and why is someone over? I'd never even been to the Danforth at that point. Like it was a new part of town for me. And so anyway, she's like, oh, I, I just retired from Scotiabank, but I've worked with your husband. You know, we went on these due diligence together. We were here, we were there. They were actually in Lima for a period of time, buying a bank here and whatever. And she worked in the HR department, but was part oh, of the wow. team. I'm not sure if it was her or him that told me what happened one time because very, um, uh, Latino is like when you meet somebody or just say hello, whether you can work with them, it's the double fake kiss thing, right? The cheek, yes. cheek. They both went the wrong way at the same at the time and had on lip on lip, full on kiss. <laughs> That's fabulous. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so funny that she shared that. I think it was her actually that shared that, right? Yeah, but then she had never forgotten, and um, yeah, and oh, and anyways, and then of course went on about you know my husband how lovely he is, and uh, you know blah blah blah. Yeah. Obviously, I already Obviously. know this way. Yeah, but it's nice to hear from someone that worked with them that you know they feel the same way. And, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, but it, but but it was lovely that you know. Uh, it reminded me of it because I hadn't seen her for a while in workshops, right? Um, and then, uh, there she was. The other thing that I remember, always remember Elizabeth for, is okay. is that one time in a workshop she brought up, you know, why? Isn't it funny that we're always thinking about, you know, at when we're at home opening the fridge, we're looking for like one point, two point, like all these little low point, 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 point things. But if we go out for coffee with a friend, we don't even think about twice mm-hmm. about the piece of cake that will oh, for sure, I'll take a piece of that chocolate cake. We're not even thinking about how many points that thing is. But at home, we are, like, constantly, like, should I, shouldn't I, you know? And obsessing about it. Obsessing. But some in a different environment doesn't even cross our mind. (laughs) So often I think about her and that comment, you know, which leads me to another thing. Isn't it funny how people can say certain, like there are certain conversations or things that you hear from people that always, you just never forget the time, where you were, who Mm -hmm. said it, Mm -hmm. but they'll continually come back to you. Mm -hmm. I think that's very true. Like there are certain, yeah, there are certain conversations that you have or certain things that that occur that for for whatever reason the memory is so vivid right yes yeah 
Yeah. That you remember or someone else will say something and you'll be like, oh, I remember, which I'm sure as a teacher, these are things that if you've been a student five years from now that you're teaching this year, they Mm -hmm. will have a very specific memory of something that Miss Hamilton said that will have stuck to them with them. For sure. For sure. But But the other side of that is that if, they have no idea today what that is going to be. Yeah, that's true. It I I often think about that, and I don't know if I've said this before or not on the podcast, although I know I've said this to you personally, Sandy, but but I often think about that because you because I do have even like students towards the end of the school year or students that come back the following year or students that come back several years later, you know, that they'll say like, oh, I remember when you did this. I remember when you said that. And like, and, and I often think about, like, I, I, I hope that, you know, there aren't kids out there thinking about things that I said or did that, that is not in a positive light, you know, like I, like I often think about that too. Like, Mm-hmm. you know really hoping that that when kids look back on whatever the year was that they were in my class that it's something that brings them you know some sort of I don't know whether it's a smile or a chuckle or just like a, oh yeah that was that was fun that we did that or you know like something positive yeah. mm-hmm. you know because especially because school is not necessarily a positive place for all kids right yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah but I but it's 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 always interesting actually even even in June to ask kids to reflect on the year and to like identify the things that they remember doing or the things that they for like sometimes you know, we'll, we'll give them a list to say like of these things, like, what did you like the best? And they'll often say like, Oh my goodness, I forgot we did this or I forgot we did that or, you know, but then there are other things that are like stuck in their minds. Like this Mm -hmm. year we, this year we had, um, we hired a, an instructor to teach live Zumba classes on zoom. And I think like that is probably something that will stick in a lot of the kids' me- memories for a long, long time. You know, like, yeah. oh, remember in grade eight when we learned, like when we did Zoom? Exactly. But although it's funny because um, the the girl in my class who the class has voted to be our valedictorian, she just wrote her little valedictory address and sent it to me so that we could edit it and, and make it you know, just perfect so that she could film it. And, uh, and she had at the part at the beginning, she has a part about like, we'll always remember grade eight for like these things. And, and she didn't mention the Zumba, but she did mention me teaching them how to line dance. So (laughs) (laughs) so you never know, you never know what they're going to (laughs) remember. Yeah, yeah, it does. True. That's true. But sometimes it's about, it is about the things that we didn't like when I was with McDonald's and then with Canadian Tire, anytime I had someone that I was promoting to a management position, part of the conversation was like, you need to develop your own style. Like you can't Mm -hmm. be like somebody else. Yeah. And part of that figuring out what type of person you want to be in and, and a kind of a leader Mm -hmm. is thinking about things like leaders that you've had or managers you've had in the past and the things that, that they, how they manage that you didn't like. Yeah. 
and to even if you just start with that like anytime you catch yourself doing those type of behaviors is like that is not how I want to be remembered that is mm-hmm. not the way that I want to lead and so there's there is good information um you know for growth uh, out of that for sure and something that is sort of like that but not really is when you do do something incorrectly or you say something is that when you also want to acknowledge that that you do that also in a public as public a setting as you can for sure so recently when we were in denver for the thing then they i they didn't have brewed coffee in the morning and so i had gone down and i expected there to be brewed coffee because we had been in somewhere else and they had it at the same hotel chain so i was i hadn't had enough sleep i was a biatch okay okay like, i haven't heard this story. oh my god honey <laughs> so we you know because we by the time we got to bed it was like two in the morning but then yeah. we had already said we were going to do diego so we already were doing that at seven so right. and then i wasn't happy with the room we got so when i went down in the morning we were getting our breakfast well they find it it's like a bag that has like a, a granola bar which i'm not going to eat a, a processed muffin, which I'm also not going to eat, a banana, which I am, and a little thing of water. And they said, oh, no, no, there's no, we can't brew coffee. And so that was the thing that put me over the edge. Oh, dear. But anyway, so then we were changing rooms. And when Phil went down, he said, I just want you to know that the, that the guy actually is comping our first night. Oh. And I was like, what? He said, well, yeah, because we've moved, moved rooms, we weren't happy with it. But, and I was like, oh. So I made a point that after I'd showered and I went down and he was actually training somebody that okay. I went up to him and I said, I just want to apologize this morning. I, it, was, it was absolutely not your fault. I had, did not have enough sleep. I was very grouchy and very yeah. grumpy and I am so sorry. And he, he's like, oh, what was it about? <laughs> and you were like the brewed coffee. <laughs> I said the coffee, but I speak, I said, I probably look different. I was in my, like, I was all sweaty. I had a, a baseball cap on and whatever. Yeah. And then after yeah. I looked as my gorgeous as I normally do. So of course I can understand that. <laughs> of course that, that you actually didn't recognize the beauty. Yeah. That's standing but, in front of you right now. Yeah. But I wanted to, I could have waited till he was alone, but I actually thought, you know what? No, this is so that people in service in like the service industry often take a lot of abuse from people. And I think that sometimes people, if they, after are thinking, well, I shouldn't have really done that. Like it, they feel bad about it in the moment, which I did feel bad about because it, whether he had offered to comp us, it wouldn't have mattered to me because I, I was a total bitch. I really yeah. was. And I did feel bad. And he yeah. was very nice about it. That's the thing. He didn't even get snarky. He was continually nice. Yeah. Killing me with kindness, you know? <laughs> Damn him. You you can't see this right now, but Sandy is completely scowling. <laughs> Anyways, as always, I guess the moral is, is that words matter. But I would think as a teacher that that is something that you are really thinking about. And for you on Zoom, really, I think it's your facial expressions would really have to be pulled in. I have to be careful. Yeah. But in a classroom too, right? Like, because, you, because but kids, you could turn away, honey, you could turn away yeah. and walk away. But when sure. you're on a camera, like you're looking. Sure. Kids are always looking. Yeah. They're waiting. 
they're waiting. That's it. They're, wait, they're <laughs> waiting for your reaction. Well, that's it, right? Because they're waiting yeah. for your reaction so that they know what their reaction is, you know, quote unquote, allowed to be, right? <laughs> it can be a lot of pressure. <laughs> you know what happened? I didn't tell you this, Sandy. You know what happened at um, on Saturday, actually, at the uh, noon workshop that I do? Something, I don't know, the workshop was in full swing. We were doing whatever we're doing. We're chatting about things. And then someone asked something and I rephrased what she said and said, okay, so I, like, I think what you said was this. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And so I said, okay, I said, well, I wonder if like, this is kind of what's happening or maybe this is what's kind of happening. Like it could have, whatever it was, it was like, it could have gone either way. Like it could have been, I don't even remember what it was that she was talking about, but it was one of those instances where it was like, you know, it's kind of like a chicken or the egg situation. Like, like, are you, it wasn't this at all, but it's sort of like, are you going to bed late because of something? And then you're waking up like tired or yeah. are you, um, you're waking up tired because you didn't get this thing done because like, like whatever it was, it was like two different sort of ways of looking at the same scenario. And, and the woman like looked at me in the screen and she was like, Hmm, I, I'm, yeah, I have to think about that. You know, you should be a WW coach. <laughs> <laughs> It made me laugh. <laughs> and I was and, and so I said, I should be. She's like, Yeah, that was really insightful. And I was like, Okay, well, maybe I found my calling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some days are better than others. You know, some days you're you say just the right things and sometimes you know, sometimes you don't, but but I, I think I think Clear. what you're what you're saying is definitely right. Words yeah. words matter for sure. Wow. Clearly you were on fire on Saturday because all I'm going to say is Crotchgate and Henny was a champ. There's no facial expressions. Minor, maybe. Minor. <laughs> it was it was good. You were you were 100% forever to be referred to as Crotchgate. <laughs> okay, Henny, you finished Hooked. I finished it. Tell me. I really enjoyed the book from start to finish. Um... I want to, I mean, there are a few things that happen in that last third of the book that I finished since the last time we chatted, but let's start with what you uh, were talking about a little bit at the very end of last episode, because at the very end of the last episode, you hinted that the best part of the book was the part of the book towards the end where they were talking about corporations and Weight Watchers and all of this. So maybe we can dive in right there. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I, well, first of all, all of the large food uh, companies are, are owned by, um, they were tobacco companies that bought them. Right. So the tobacco bought companies bought the food companies because they knew what was happening, what did happen with tobacco sales were going down. They had an opportunity. However, what I did not know was that Weight Watchers was actually sold, not just the food portion, but they purchased the whole kit and caboodle, the whole plan. They owned everything. It was everything. Heinz. 
Oh, it was Heinz. Okay. It was Heinz. Heinz. So Heinz purchased all of Weight Watchers, like you said, the entire enterprise, like for $72 million. Yes. In the, in the late 70s, I think. Correct. And then yes. sold it in 1999 oh. for $730 million. So more than 10 times. That was crazy. I wrote that down because I was like, oh my goodness. But I never knew that. I thought that, like, I I knew that there was some sort of an agreement between a food company and the food products yes, exactly. that were attached to Weight Watchers because as time went by, there were different food products that were and weren't associated with Weight Watchers anymore, right? Like yeah. for a time, like for a time there were frozen dessert like things, like smart ones. Like yeah. there were frozen meals and frozen desserts that were attached to, to Weight Watchers, but that is no longer the case. Um, for a time there were like in the bread section of your grocery store you could buy like little miniature cakes and stuff like yes. lemon cakes and carrot cakes and stuff and yeah. those no longer exist like so 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 I knew that there was stuff going on with that I also like you had no idea that a food company owned the entire corporation at some point yeah and I guess they they purchased it at a point when um uh, the other thing that surprised me was that they said that there were freezers inside of all of the locations selling yeah. frozen food. I don't think that was in Canada, like I, but maybe it was. Yeah, it never was at any time that I was a member. No, me neither. But I, I the first time I was a member would be the late '80s. Right, and the first time that I was a member would have been the late '90s. Yeah, so, so for sure. So it could have been before that. Yeah. Yes, it could have been, but it or also not. could have like, been just in the U.S. and not yeah. in Canada, which yeah. often thing. But but like you're saying, you remember when we went from one version of a plan to another and the packaging, like you said, like on smart ones, shows a different um, yeah. number. Type of, a different number, but even like a different type of point, right? Yes. Sometimes but, the points had different names too, like, like it was yes. points or it was points plus or it was... Um, Smart, Smart points. points. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But the colors look the same. That was the problem. And it was yes. very, it was challenging. Misleading. And we could, and it went on for a long period a of long time. time. So, at, at, you know, at first you're thinking, well, they're just getting through stock that's, that they have, but now it makes sense that the licensing was a different company and that that is why all of this, like the, the license was, was written for a long period of time. And so mm -hmm. that's why they were still anyway. Um, but, that was really when, but when you hear that, that now you know that a food company, so a food company that has also been selling us foods that have accelerated the obesity rate in a way that is, I mean, astronomically, mm -hmm. that, that they have food houses that their main mission is to entice us without us knowing about it by changing their formulations and using more uh, chemical to simulate flavors mm -hmm. is also the same company that on the other side 
is is now selling us products to help us lose weight. They're like full service. They're like, okay, here we go. We're going to we're we're actually providing the product to make you gain weight. Mm-hmm. And also doing it in a very sneaky way because we're going to change it up so that you are we're chemically making this happen that you mm-hmm. want more of that product. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to a point when you make a decision to do something different, we're also going to be able to sell you the product that is going to help you reduce the weight. Mm-hmm. What in the hell is with that? I know. It is, I was like, what? What is happening? I know. It really made me think of that documentary um, that was done many years ago. And it was Katie Couric, who was the host. Mm -hmm. And it called Fed Up. Yeah. And in that documentary, one of the things that they talk about was the the initial strategy plan that Michelle Obama came and the and the Obama yeah. administration came up with related to tackling the obesity epidemic in the United States, particularly childhood obesity. Yeah. And when it first started, the platform was to go to food manufacturers mm-hmm. and have them eliminate calories from the shelves. And I remember when I first watched that documentary, and now I've seen the documentary a handful of times, and every time I hear that part of the interview, I'm like, uh, like, it makes me shake my head, because I I know in that documentary, the interviewer asks a woman who, who is part of a food company, you know, to say, like, well, how many products did you take off the shelves? And she's like, well, we added like light versions and small like individual packaged versions. And and then the interviewer says again, like, but how many things did you remove? And she's like, well, we added this and now we have this. And like, and so the point is they didn't actually take away anything that they had in existence. They just created more options. And so when I was when I was reading this book, uh, Hooked, they talk about that exact moment in history when the Obama administration was trying to get food companies to reduce the number of calories on shelves. And they did by creating all these extra products that were fewer calories. But like you said, in a way that is insignificant and misleading and a little bit sneaky right so you have you know product number one that is you know 250 calories and then you have product number two that is the light version that's 220 calories Mm -hmm. well it it's pretty much the same thing yeah you know and if you looked at the components as far as the fat and the sugar and the carbohydrate and and the protein like whatever makes up that food product it's pretty much the same like so it you you're not really saying much but when the you know a grocery store used to have 50 of this one box and now they have 25 of this and 25 of the mm-hmm. other they can they can happily say yes there are fewer calories on our shelves but like in the you know in actuality that that is not 
a, a claim that that really could be made, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just it, I was like, uh, I don't know this. Yeah. The whole and they say that the average person's like as far as calorie intake for snacks in a day is five hundred and eighty calories. Okay. It is basically a fourth meal. Yeah. And and so you know, there's all these series about you know you should always make sure that you have three three meals a day and then two snacks and that will help you keep you know um, your blood sugar levels and mm. but but it but they never talk about like how many calories and and what are those snacks that you're you know specifically mm. having and calories aren't the be all and end all it you know however they the 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 type of food food that people think when you think of a snack mm -hmm. is like having a, a, a coffee or a tea in the afternoon paired with like celery and a cup of tea doesn't really cut it you know like <laughs> yeah what you don't you don't you don't want to have a celery stock and a and a hot nah. cup of coffee <laughs> no nah. you're you always because typically also it's like a savory type you know coffee and mm -hmm. tea and so you need something to balance it off and so it's always nice to have something sweet when you're having that sort sort of savory unless you're you know have five sugars in your tea or something like that and it's which, sweet. Is, yeah, a, yeah. which is a meal in itself but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah i i it's so complex but these companies, I mean, they're fighting each other to have the newest product on the on the shelf. Mm -hmm. They're all going to get to the same thing. It's really just who is going to be the first one to do mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But also really important for them, especially like soft drinks, is to make sure that they can maintain the flavor um of that product mm -hmm. and so taking sugar out of a soft drink isn't the only thing like it's it's not as simple as well let's just take it out because it throws everything else off to make it and you can't even just put an artificial sweetener in in its place mm -mm. so the thoughts with artificial sweeteners also are that it it we don't gain any weight when we're when we take them in but the craving for it is still there so you studies show that you act people actually overeat yeah uh, there were a few interesting things in the book related to artificial sweeteners and one was exactly what you're saying that one of the questions that, that scientists and nutritionists have right now that they're experimenting with right now related to artificial sweeteners is this, is this exact thing that it's the belief that an artificial sweetener often induces people to consume more because um, when you, because your body takes in the, the taste of something sweet and so it's expecting the calories of sugar. 
but then it doesn't get the calories of sugar. And so it says, oh, I need more because I I thought I was getting calories. I thought I was going to have something to burn off or something to store or whatever it is, but I didn't get that. But I, Mm -hmm. but I got the taste. So where the, like, where are those calories? I still need them. And so that, like that, continues to make us think that we're not full or crave more things or whatever and so and so there's a lot of study going on about that so that's that's one thing that that was in this book here it made me think also in this section it made me think of a book that we read maybe last summer sandy called the obesity code Mm mm-hmm and I remember there was a whole chapter in that book where the author was talking about. Isn't that isn't that Jason Fung? Is that the is that the author? Is that who it is? Is he the, the guy from yeah. Toronto? Yes. Yes. The blood sugar, yes. insulin. That's yeah, exactly okay. it. Because there was a whole chapter yeah. about insulin, and yes. and how and how your body reacts to foods when they're consumed by releasing insulin but then if you and so one of the things that he was saying in that book was that when you take in artificial sweeteners your body releases insulin because it thinks it's Uh. sugar but then the insulin has been released and then has nothing to do and so that also there is also something about that that is related that has a potential connection to weight gain Mm -hmm. so that's not in hooked but but it made me think of that just because it was on the the topic of artificial sweeteners the other thing that it said that that michael moss was writing about was another study that that's currently being done with fruit Mm -hmm. flies was that fascinating so fascinating. So they have these fruit flies and they're feeding the fruit flies sucralose. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking these fruit flies are eating artificial sweeteners, which means they're going to consume more because the theory is that when we take in an artificial sweetener, it, it makes us crave more sweet. And so we're going to want more and more and more. But but what they found in this in this particular study with the fruit flies is that the fruit flies didn't gain any weight. But that's not to say that there were no impacts from consuming the sucralose because what they found with these fruit flies is that they've produced this whole group of fruit flies that are all hyperactive. Yeah. (laughs) And like flying around in zigzaggy patterns and doing crazy things and like, and so... And so he said, you know, like you, you can't do a, stu- a scientific study on an animal and assume that this is how it's going to impact uh, a, a human being. Ab- absolutely not. Like we can't say, oh, the fruit flies became hyperactive, therefore. Um, but he said what it does tell you is that when living beings take in different substances, particularly these substances that aren't natural, Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there is an impact. Yes. You know, whether we know exactly what that impact is going to be, whether we know if that impact is going to be harmful or not, whether we know how quickly that imp- we're going to see that impact, you know, um, show itself, present itself. Yes. Like we don't know that, but we do know that when we are consuming different things, 
they have to impact us somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, but the reason they use the fruit flies is because okay. they have a very similar DNA. Yes. So that's why they to use, us. They, to us, correct? Yeah. 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 Um. It's it all comes back to and and the, here's an example of someone saying something that and I was it it I always think about it is that Josh Gitalis mm. when he talks about water and about okay. you know you should only drink like filtered water so whether it's a Brita it doesn't need to be anything expensive or whatever yeah. because even though in most communities the water is safe there are still things that are added mm. to it there's still sediment that gets through whatever but. He, he always says, it's like, if you're not drinking filtered water, your bot, you need to remember your body is the filter. Ooh. Right. And oh, yeah. I, so now I often think about that on different things. So here we drink filtered water, have a filter on the, on the fridge because it has a water thing on it. And then I also have, buy a jugs of water, uh, the big ones. But, but if I'm doing like making coffee in the morning, I often just use the, the sink, like I'd like the kitchen and fill up the thing. Yeah. Um, and for tea, and and I've actually just recently stopped, and you know why? Because remember last week I didn't have water for like a day and a half yes. because there was something wrong. So here the water is in a big tank underneath the building. Right. Okay. And so that that tank does get cleaned out, but just like in the bottom of your car, like mm-hmm. when you're filling your gas tank up, that's why you should never run your gas tank empty because all the sediment comes up from the bottom. Okay, mm-hmm. into your engine, and same thing in these tanks, but when the water is off and then they refill the thing, you, you turn your tap on. Have you ever at home had that happen too? And you turn For it sure. and it's all, and all that orange. Yep. And I thought, you know what? I t- and then I took the I after we had like run it all and it looked like it was clear. I took like a, a clear um, jar and put water in it and held it up and then put one that I had got out of my filter I will never like it you could you see could, the difference eh? I could see I could actually see the difference it looked it was like a yellowy tinge but had I not put it to the one where I had gotten it out of the filter anyway now when we were eating something and I said to Phil you know what all of the artificial stuff in this like our, now our bodies are trying to figure out because yeah. it's not, there's no nutrition. And that's what happens when you eat a food, your body breaks it all down. And then all the waste product is what you end up going out. Yeah. But it has a really hard time figuring out what, what that is that you've just ingested. Like it's, and, and it's, we never think about these things because our body is like behind the scenes doing all of this stuff. And we're not, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I eat artificial sweetener. Like I'm not. Yep. I am more cognizant of it. And there are, there are things that I have made a switch and said, you know what, for the, it's not that much sugar. I'm just going to use sugar. Yeah. Like it. Um, but there are certain things that now I actually find some artificial sweeteners have a very weird taste that I don't like. Right. Yeah. No. Anyway, it's, I think as you, and it, it doesn't, I don't know if it can say it doesn't help, but it does help. I guess the more podcasts you listen to, the more books you read, and then you hear the same message over and over again. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think what that helps with is it helps you to make an informed yes. choice, right? Yeah. Whatever choice it is that you're making, at least you're making that choice, like having knowledge about a variety of different things, right? Yeah. Whether that's hearing different perspectives or hearing the same perspective shared by multiple different people or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think that information is always important. It is. Yeah, for sure. And, and then there's different points in your life when maybe that isn't something that it, um, you know, is, is the top concern for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, I remember, and people, you know, in a, in a meeting will still be like, well, what's, you know, what's the salt content in that? What's the salt content in that? What's the salt content in that? Yeah. But at this point in my life, I don't have a problem with my blood pressure and I also don't excessively salt my product. So I'm of the list of things that I'm, I'm going to start making changes with or be aware of that is not at the top of my list. Right. Of yeah. Things. Yeah. Because I think if you start with every single thing, you will not eat anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Because you can find something in everything. Uh, <laughs> of course. But I think we touched on this last week. It's good about even looking at a label. And sometimes, you know, you look at a label and the first 20 ingredients aren't even things that they all start with an X. Yeah. It's not a food. Yeah. Because if it was a food, you would recognize the name of it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And it wouldn't start with an X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did just recently because I've run out of, I end up running out of podcasts to listen to. And I, and something came up was like, you might like this. The doctor's pharmacy with an F with okay. Mark, Dr. Mark Hyman. Okay. And so he, some of them are only 20 minutes long. There's like okay. 308, there's 380 back episodes. So I'm okay, good for so a bit. It will take you a while. Yeah. Um, but each one he has a specialist on, so he's actually a doctor, but he also has another doctor on or somebody that may not be like a, um, a doctor that's like seeing patients, but it, you know, is doing like scientific work behind the scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, I've, I've listened to two, one of them was vitamin D cause you know, I've, I've got like this huge interest in vitamin D. Um, <laughs> and then it's always good to hear from different doctors about it because I, uh, that's one thing that Megan and Josh are very passionate about is vitamin D and vitamin okay. D levels. Okay. And in Canada, they stopped rent are uh, always on a, like a, 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 even a healthy person's blood, um, mm. blood work. They do not test for vitamin D. Okay. Um, because it, once it was like the seventies the when they decided, or they found out that that there were some issues surrounding the levels of vitamin D that Canadians had. The government then changed and said, we're not covering it anymore because it was too expensive because so many people were requiring it. So now you actually, your health plan might cover it or you can just opt to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But vitamin D has a, it plays a, it actually plays a huge role in the body. Like you, and most people think they get enough from the sun and I can tell you that they don't. No. Because you're wearing sunscreen, mm-hmm. you have to be out at peak time, exposed, up to the point where you're turning pink. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and, 
anyway anyway anyways there was one on that but i'm listening to one now yeah. about poop about poop okay <laughs> about constipation all right yeah because and are you learning anything interesting well, or you're not far enough yet no, well, I, because I want, I need to write things down so that I can, yeah. you know, share more because I of don't have mind like, because I have a mind like a sieve, like, you know, <laughs> I wish, what I wish is that I was regular, I was as regular with, <laughs> as I am that the, 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 the speed at which things come into my head and leave it. Right. <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> But one, the, the one thing was he, he did say was he said, you know, I had this female patient and I asked her about how regular she goes, oh, I'm very regular. He said, well, what does that, what do you mean? You know, what does that, what does very regular mean to you? And she goes, well, I go once a week. He said, that is not regular. She said, but that's regular for me. And so I thought, that's a, that's a fair statement though. Yeah. Yeah. When you don't know how often you're, you're supposed to go like three to four times a day. Not a full, maybe not a full. <laughs> not a full bowel movement, just a partial? Could be, but yeah. Three or four times a day feels excessive. I know, but this is like some specialist who's like, this is what most people don't. Mm-hmm. But he, they start, Henny, I, this is what I never thought about either. That, you know... What happens is that your you you eat food, your body takes anything that's nutrients, it's moving it around, it takes, 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 takes and whatever's left over is your waste product, right? Yeah. So it's filtered and then it goes through and then it needs yeah. to be completed. Expulsion, yeah. It needs yeah. to get out the end. <laughs> A nice sound effect. <laughs> but, if it, but what happens when you're constipated? So it sits there. Mm-hmm. But after... T- time a period of time all of the um the chemicals like all of the 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 um oh what's the word anyway it seeps back into your gut which causes gut issues okay like long term yeah because it's it's like it's stuff that your body doesn't need and it needs to get rid of but the longer it sits there then it's like I don't know, percolating, and, and, and then he said that is why, and because our guts are so complex in itself, right, yeah. with, with yeah. all of the things that are going on, and once anything there is off balance, then it affects everything. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your stomach isn't working properly. But, yeah, so I will, I will have to, I'll listen, and I will, I will come back next week with more information about it. Yeah, that is actually fascinating to me. Yeah, because I did, I had honestly didn't really think about what, I mean, aside from feeling uncomfortable and bloated and all of those feelings, you know, like when you don't, when you can't go. Mm -hmm. So I I, I thought about like a negative health impact long term about, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. And then you hear the word seepage. You're like, ooh, seepage. Yeah, that does sound nasty. It does. <laughs> it feels like a cesspool of. Well, stuff. it sounds like to me. It sounds like a garbage dump, and it's like the the yes. garbage juices are like leaking into the water. You know, like that's what it sounds like, right? But that is actually exactly, exactly what is happening yeah. in your. Yeah, it's the toxins. That's what he's saying. It's the toxins yeah. that are then seeking. 
seeping back. Yeah, but that may, it actually, I never thought about it, but it, obviously that is what's happening. But I, 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 the reason I went through all to look for one I wanted to listen to yeah. was because I am not a regular person. I'm extraordinary. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. And so I'm always trying to figure out what it is that I need to make adjustments on or other suggestions because I eat, I eat pretty healthy. Well, I do have you, oils. Okay, like but you eat a lot of vegetables, so you eat a I lot do. of water and fiber in your vegetables. You also yeah. drink a lot of water. Yes. So and I, and I, I make sure I have healthy oils because I know the healthy oils are also needed to make th- sure that things move through the system well. Yeah. It's really surprising to me that you're not regular. I know. I, on the other hand, extremely regular. Not three to four, not three to four times a day regular, but I would for sure once, probably twice a day. That's how regular I am. So weird. I, yeah. I've even bought collapsible stools because it helps to elevate your knees up higher than your backside. Like that's yeah. why Asians like are squatting. I mean, it's not super high. I'm not like some. It's like she's, a, got, yeah. she's got her heels up over her head. She's like doing some weird pretzel bobcat thing. Like we're not really sure. <laughs> it's like yoga for the bathroom. <laughs> something like that no but i do i have two oh, full stools Sandy. one in the in our master and one downstairs like in one of the powder room i have it there because I, and it does help as soon as as i have the urge like and now i'm getting really too graphic for too much information but 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 it does help because i heard that on something so i thought that makes sense to me which is because yeah i mean any any asian culture there they and there are other ones also that that do the same thing right it's like um it's why you see someone who's like 80 years old and you're like how did they just get into the squat like the squat we were trying to do this morning a hindi squat right a hindi squat yeah yeah oh my goodness sandy and i did a a yoga flow and a stretch this morning before we before we started recording this podcast and in the one stretch routine that we were doing there was one particular stretch where you had to go into this like with your legs wide so wider than your hips and then you had to go into the super low squat but then like stand up like sort of halfway out of the squat and go back into the squat and and so then Sandy was like that squat I'm like I can't even get that low like like my hips are in line with my knees in the squat like and I'm just kind of hanging out there and that's that's all that's happening so yeah I would would have a real I would have a real struggle (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah anyways fun and games interesting so are there other topics that you remember like when you were scrolling through Mm. looking for something that that was there like it's it sounds cool yeah I know there was because there were so many there are so many um but that's but nice it's, sometimes. It's nice sometimes when there are so many because then you can go mm-hmm. through and like pick and choose and say, oh, this uh, this is inter- this is of interest to me or this might be something I would like to hear more about or this pertains to me right now or whatever. 
right? Yeah, I actually did listen to another one that was um, whether or not we need to have like to drink or to, to consume dairy as part of um, the the food food recommendations, which in Canada we don't have. Have, but Correct. in the U.S. it still does. Like in, right. in the U.S., when you look, their drink is milk. Like it, uh, where in Canada it says it's water, water. it's water. So it does look differently. And and, and just um, things you know that we've we've mentioned before is because um, we were not meant to consume um, uh, the milk of another mammal um, <laughs> past uh, infancy, right? Basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and 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 then. Anyways, it's it's really a whole in, okay, in the so, U.S. Sorry to interrupt, but just talking yeah. about drinking the milk of another mammal that was also in Hooked. There's yeah. a section in Michael Moss's book where he's talking about because he's of course he's always trying to paint the picture so that we understand what food companies are doing with the creation of these processed foods and he talks about the percentage of fat and sugar of breast milk Mm -hmm. and I didn't write the numbers down so I'm going to say them incorrectly but the general idea is right so I think it was something like the percentage of breast milk that is fat was like 7% and the percentage of breast milk that is sugar was also about 7%. But then when you look at milk that is produced, the percentage of that milk that is either fat, well, that is fat is often lower, Mm -hmm. um, but the percentage that is sugar is way like astronomically higher and Mm -hmm. so it's like how have we gone from something that we were meant to consume in infancy that is at this particular ratio and this is the time at which we want like babies brains to be full like to develop the best Mm -hmm. that they can and like we need to be giving them the the absolute best nutrition we can and here's the nutrition we're offering them to Mm -hmm. something that has been processed that is completely different well (laughs) and not better no and we've also been told that you need it for healthy bones and think which which is true however all of those products are fortified which means that Mm -hmm. most of that of all of the good nutrients have already been lost during the processing and then have been added back in. So that's not, and so they're not even natural. Yeah. Yeah. And because of that, they're also not as effective as they would be if they had been natural in the first place. Correct. Yeah. Because yeah, the, the packaging says that, that if we were talking about percentage of at the time of product is packaged, it has to meet that requirement, but it quickly changes. And so we could often, by the time we eat it, it has lost half of its potency or in preparation. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. We've been, we're debunking everything here, honey. Yeah. The, the, the way that the book ends, just because I know we're getting to the end of the podcast, and so it might be nice to kind of like yeah, circle finish. back and close nice. with the book as well. But the way that the book ends is he has this quote where he says, we like what we eat more than we eat what we like, Mm -hmm. meaning we're more inclined to choose something that looks appealing to eat than to just eat things that are that our body likes to eat. Right. So we so we like to we like what we eat more than we eat what we like. 
So he said this is a good thing because what that tells us is that we do have some control over our food preferences, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're going to choose the things that we like. However, food companies change their products as our preferences change. Yes. <laughs> and so there and there's the rub, right? There's where we're con like we're constantly being I don't want to say hoodwinked or taken advantage of, but maybe that is exactly what's happening, right? Because as our food preferences change, the companies pivot and say, ah, this is what people want now. Okay, we will give them that. Oh, this is what people want now. Okay, yeah. we will give them that, right? Yeah. Which is how they position what they're doing is that we're just giving you what you want. Exactly. Yeah. But exactly. What if they don't, what, you know what they've done, Henny? They've hooked us in. <laughs> Good choice of word there. <laughs> I remember as a young kid, like a preteen probably, when when I was going to the children's exercise and nutrition clinic um, in Hamilton, I remember that one of the things that we learned was what these labels on foods actually meant. And I remember learning like, uh, fat-free means that it has to be, you know, 95% fat-free. Low-fat means that it has, or whatever. Light, light means that some measure, something has to be 30% less than yeah. the original. But it could be 30% less salt. It could be 30% less calories. It could be 30, like it could be 30% less something. And then they can call it light. And I remember as a kid being like, like those those little devils, you know, like what, what, are, what are they doing to us? You know, like, but, mm -hmm. and I mean, that was years ago. Yep. You know, I, I think as time goes by, companies are just getting smarter. Yeah. You know, yeah. as we, as we get smarter to it, the marketing and food companies are getting smarter to it as well, because at the end of the day, they're trying to sell a product. Yeah. And we live in a society where we are often trying to buy a product. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we like variety, right? We like variety. Yeah. And choices and options. We like choices. We like options. We like variety. And we'd like to be regular. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to hear more about that next week. <laughs> I'm so excited about it, actually. <laughs> well, I hope I between then and now, I will finish listening, and I will try to put some of the uh, suggestions into uh, into uh, play and see. I can let you know exactly how those things turn out. I think that all sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm I am into it. <laughs> All right, Sandy. A delight as usual to chit chat with you. It's so fun. It's so fun to have this time just to chat, but it's especially fun to have time to talk about something that is of interest to both of us and to a lot of other people and, and talk yeah. in a more focused and, and directed way, even though sometimes we do tend to, you know, wander <laughs> a little wander bit. <laughs> Oh, dear. Well, always great to speak to you, my friend. So uh, to everyone out there, thanks for listening. Um, and uh, my friend, you enjoy the rest of your day and we'll catch up later. All right. Sounds great. See you next week.
All right, ciao.